Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are here with Season 6, Episode 11, The Accidental Surus. We had to look up that word. Yeah, that's uh, way more Yiddish or whatever than we thought it was going to be. I believe it's a, a Yiddish y- loan word. You're a Yiddish loan word. Your mom's a Yiddish loan word. <laughs> All right, let's go into the episode description. Grace's freeloading sister, guest star Gina Davis, comes to town to launch her latest business enterprise. Karen spurns Lyle's, guest star John Cleese, marriage proposals, but has a change of heart when Lorraine, guest star Minnie Driver, expresses her disapproval. All right, let's take a quick pause here because I want to address something. To my knowledge, Lyle does not propose marriage even a single time during this episode. In fact, I do believe he is proposing sex. I think for Lyle, fucking is like marriage, except happy. No, I I thought that too, but then I recall after they do do the banging, he tries to pay Karen, implying that he doesn't (laughs) know what what marriage is is and he undercuts her usual rate which is just rude it was only half yeah so not important we'll circle back to that in a moment so obviously this episode is very guest star heavy but we want to talk about our other guest star first who is gina davis gina davis we love gina davis because we're humans yes and also because she's fabulous and wonderful and made me interested in baseball briefly Mm -hmm. as a wee queer child yeah so gina davis is kind of a magical being. Um, she's kind of like the John Mulaney of lesbians. Mm-hmm, where she really should be a lesbian. But they, like, forgot to flip the switch. Uh-huh. It's like, you made that one gay, right? Oh, no, was I supposed to? But Gina Davis, the lovely Gina Davis, uh, is well-known for lesbian cinematic roles, including Thelma and Louise, and A League of Their Own. Uh Movies in which, in keeping with the traditions of lesbian cinema, she is not actually textually a lesbian. No, she has, in fact, zero lesbian interactions. Yes, but uh, that's just the art of lesbian cinema, mm-hmm. says the gay man. Tangentially speaking, her character on this show, Janet, is Grace's older sister, who, when she's reappearing in season nine, the revival... Played by a much different, shorter actress. Much shorter actress. Uh, I think her name is Mary McCormick. Like, so short that clearly Grace's sister has gotten in a car accident and had her entire body reconstructed. Or something. She (laughs) looks nothing like Gina Davis, and I think they're all just hoping we won't notice. But we're going to make it very clear to you here that it's not Gina Davis. We're disappointed. But also, she's now... Into girls. Um, right. She claims to be a lesbian because, as we all know, even in 2019, Will and Grace still hasn't quite learned the word bisexual. Right. Um, so there's no discussion of the potential of the fact that she was attracted to men and now is attracted to women, meaning that she could be, you know, a different variety of queer. She's just a lesbian. So I think we should have a Will and Grace parody where all of the characters are bisexual uh-huh. and all of their names are just start with the letter B. Uh-huh. So I like, I think Bill and Brace is going to be the hit Bill, comedy. Bill and Brace. <laughs> and there's Back and Baron. As I think it's pronounced Bajak. Bajak. <laughs> Bajak and Baron. Bajust. Bajak. <laughs> and everyone's just bisexual and all they ever talk about is how they're bisexual mm-hmm. because we're getting a little grumpy, you guys. If you... We could go both ways about it, but mostly the grumpy way. Yeah, if you follow our live tweets for, about the revival, I'm pretty <laughs> sure when Karen announced that she was straight in a unfortunate callback to the puppy episode of Ellen, mm-hmm. I believe I enragedly tweeted, that's not how you say bisexual. <laughs> um, similarly confusing and infuriating, however, is 
Gina Davis's plotline in this episode. Yes, 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 yes. So Grace comes home to Will's apartment because, as you may recall, she's now living with Will again because her marriage is over, but we're not saying that. I honestly have forgotten. That was why she was living with Will. I just was like, yeah, Grace lives with Will, yes, of course. Grace lives Premise with Will. Premise of the show. Uh-huh. So she's arriving home at her apartment, which she shares with Will, not her husband, Leo. Right. And she's like, oh my God, don't answer the door. My sister called. And then Will's like, I have news. Your sister's here. <laughs> She's staying with us for a few this days. This would happen to us. It would. Except it would probably happen the other way around where... Well, no, because you would never let my sister in the door. No, I would. Would Maybe. you? I would let your sister in the door if your sister showed up unexpectedly. Well, I have two sisters, so you have options. I would let either of them in. You only have the one sister. Right. Would And you would let her in, really, if she just showed up on the street and was like, Hey, I have no job. I'm thinking of living on your couch. I mean, I would be confused about what happened to her apartment and her cat. Mm-hmm. She's holding the cat in this scenario. Oh, well, we definitely can't let her in because Eliza <laughs> would fight with Harper. Sorry, Megan. Um, but so, yeah, so uh, Janet appears on the street. She has a brilliant idea for her new career. She's going to sell jewelry to celebrities. From, from like a, a pop-up table. A pop-up table, which she has borrowed from Will's. I feel like in media, this is a surprisingly frequent dream of people. Like, I feel like there was a plot in Friends where Phoebe did something similar. Mm. Or she was always doing things like having weird, crafty pop-ups where she was trying to get famous. No, I think you're completely wrong here. I want to I wanna push back and challenge that. I believe Phoebe was just genuinely weird. And she wasn't in any way trying to become famous. Oh, she wasn't trying to become famous. But it was like the same kind of idea where like... Well, she was just playing her guitar that's true and then there was that time that she got a bunch of money because she found a thumb in a soda (laughs) that's right but i don't think she was ever attempting to like sell homemade jewelry i just mean this was kind of like a a classic like pre-bloomberg new york dream that you would be crafty enough to get a celebrity to buy your knickknack and become famous because ellen degeneres was wearing your as your toe ring or something okay that's a very poor example. Ella DeGeneres was blacklisted from New York and Hollywood for a long time after coming out as gay. Okay, well. Poor choices. <laughs> All right, let's, but yeah, so she, it's, she's got this very bohemian dream and it's not very rooted in reality mm-hmm. and she doesn't have the startup capital. She doesn't even right. have her own table or poncho. <laughs> um, she's borrowing those from Will and Grace kind of blows up at her and it's like, you are like the world's most useless person I wish you'd right. get it together. And Which is very, I don't even want to say out of character. It's just weird. It is like, it's weird. one of several really weird choices. Yeah, it's a bit odd because, you know, Grace is usually shown to be pretty comfortable with the status quo of how weird shit is in her family. Right. And so the fact that she kind of just blows up at her sister seems to imply that this has little, nay, nothing to do with her sister's. And more to do with the fact that our, like, marriage is failing, but we don't really ever unpack that at all. No, it's very weird that way. Like, it's kind of like that idea got lost on its way out of the writer's room. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how I would really describe the rest of this episode. It's kind of like a two-act play where in Act 1, a character comes in and gets yelled at for no reason. And then in Act 2, in a strange reversal of fortune, the character has a beautiful apartment and a wonderful job. And then the character gets yelled at again. Like, I just... It's very weird. Yeah, so then the reveal is the next time we see Gina Davis, her hair, which was a very disheveled and beautiful situation, mm-hmm. is now in a sleek bob. 
She's wearing... Which is not an improvement. And Will's right. Usually a sleek bob is an improvement. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't really work for her. And she's in, like, sensible clothes. She has a job now, and she's found an apartment. Mm-hmm. I am flabbergasted, and um, I'm I'm bemused. I'm befuddled because I understand that this show's concept of New York real estate is... Um, wishy-washy at best mm-hmm. but the fact that she has a job in an apartment in the space of like two days is they I'm, do say it's a full week which i didn't get from the original interaction uh, yeah i think that that may but have been something still. they like added in to the like description of the plot right but it's not so much actually in the plot because i feel like it's like she's gone and then like the next day is she's there and she's got and there's not even a throwaway line about like will being like oh yeah this karen walker apartment how convenient like right i yeah. don't know it's very weird so then they, they have dinner at Janet's new place, and um, everyone, and by everyone I mean Will and Jack, are just fawning over her. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, she's doing so well, she has a job, and she's great, and oh, she can cook, and she can paint, and she's got this apartment, and la la la, and then Grace freaks out some more. Right. Because, as we learn, she is the perfect one, apparently, in her family. In her fantasy, perhaps. In her family, because her older sister Janet is... Very free-spirited and bohemian and Mm -hmm. not into things like working or having money or not being homeless. And then then her other sister is apparently like a stress eater. And then there's a bunch of really fat-phobic jokes that we're not going to repeat on air. Mm -hmm. Um, So Grace seems really great by comparison. And I thought that that was weird. Yeah, it's just like... There are many things Grace or other people say in this episode that never get any pushback. Mm-hmm. Like, Grace has this, like, fantasy reality where she's like, I'm perfect, and my sisters are screw-ups, and I'm the one holding everything together. And it's like, um, I mean, we've seen your family dynamic. That's clearly not what's happening. Right. And it's like, it's it also seems a bit too self-aware for Grace that she's implying that, like... I mean, but it's not self-aware because she's completely wrong. No, it's... but that's the thing. It does kind of seem like in that scenario, she looks the best. Right. And she seems to know that she looks the best, but it's like a convoluted sort of self-aware where she knows that she only looks the best, but mm-hmm. she clings so tightly to that appearance of being the, like, most together of her siblings right. that she can't handle the idea that Janet might, you know, have a job right. of any variety and a studio apartment, a at all well and the like kind of like dark twisty thing about this episode is that they kind of just berate janet down into like admitting like haha it was a trick i already lost my job and like clearly this apartment is fake you know like she's just like oh my god yeah i didn't want this either like i just did this because will told me you wanted it and so that's the reveal is that will like basically made gina very my fair lady but go faster yeah Will apparently, like, shepherded Mm -hmm. Janet into getting a job and an apartment. And then it's in no way explained. And then when Grace is like, why did you do this? He's like, you said you wanted your older sister to be together, so I did that. And, okay, real talk. Why does Gina Davis go along with this? I don't understand Is it. Is Will giving her money on top of it? I like, mean, she has a job. So, I mean, it's a great job. And she works at, like, Macy's or something. No, it's Ann Taylor. I think. That was it. Um, and she's just so fitting room attendant because she's so tall. She can see over <laughs> right, right, the right. doors. Before her horrific car accident. Uh-huh. But then facial she, reconstruction. She gets fired because she shows up at work drunk. So, you right, know. of course. Yeah, I just, like... I distinctly remember this episode ending and thinking to myself, like, I don't even know what I just watched. Yeah. It's, like, there's a trend this season where there's episodes of Will and Grace and you watch a plot line and you're like, I don't, 
I don't know what that is. It a little bit feels like the writer's room was drunk when they wrote it. Yeah, or like just like working through some stuff or like, let's give, you know, what's her face an episode. Yeah, it was weird. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't. We're on kind of a weird streak. I mean, like Grace coming back has overall been great. Mm-hmm. However, the result of Grace coming back hasn't brought everything back to normal. Like, everything is still weird. No, it's sort of like we're in, like, a slightly to the left version of Will and Grace or yeah. something. Like, it has some very, self, like, Seinfeldian sort of mm-hmm. characters. But it doesn't really make sense because this show isn't Seinfeld. It's Will and Grace. And I mean, the so... show can be mean sometimes, but I feel like at its heart, it's usually, like, a much more warm-hearted show. Yeah, and this episode is not at its most warm-hearted. It's, yeah. In fact... It's the trend line of the show this season has gotten very dark in every plot line. I mean, yeah, we've got dark and twisty Grace who wants her sister to continue failing so that uh-huh. she looks better towards her mother. And we, all of Karen's plots have been related to like screwing over Lorraine one way or the other. Uh-huh. And even Will's plots, though there are very few of them, are, are like taking very convoluted and unhealthy steps to make Grace happy. Yeah. Such as this, where he like. Tries to force her sister to be someone that she's not. Right. For Grace's happiness. And I, I mean, like, know. the whole reason he even finds out that Grace is coming back and that her marriage falls apart is because he tries to go behind her back to buy her an upgrade. Right. Which is, like, a sweet surprise, but also, again, weird. Mm-hmm. It's a pattern of behavior, and we don't like it, Will Truman. We, we don't. We don't like any of it. And the only person who's plot lately has made any sense is Jack, because all he's doing is going to nursing school. Jack has had a great season six. Although there was that one time that Karen blackmailed his instructor. Mm, yeah, that was only a few. That years wasn't ago. ideal, but that wasn't think, his choice. Do you think that those those pugs, Chicago Hope, and uh, what, what was it, Saint Elmo's Fire, or whatever? Saint Elsewhere. Saint Elsewhere. Uh, Saint Elmo's Fire is very different. <laughs> do you think those pugs have been released from Karen's captivity yet? I think she forgot about them and they're dead now. I think they're definitely dead. Pugs can't breathe. They can't breathe. <laughs> Boo is definitely gonna come back in the finale and be like a supervillain now. <laughs> All right, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to the Karen plotline. I think. Okay, so. Despite what the episode description says, I don't believe Lyle actually proposes marriage. No, I mean, they're just fucking. Like, yeah. And, like, at the end of the episode, to jump ahead, like, the plot twist, quote-unquote, of Karen doing all this to get Lorraine to see Lyle having sex with her is that Lyle accidentally tells her he's in love with her, and then eventually Karen tells him that she's in love with him, but then he's like, no, I reject you now that I know you were only trying to... You know, use my body for revenge or... I don't... It doesn't make any sense. Like, these characters clearly don't love each other. Mm-hmm. But they think we do. And then Matthew did a horrifying John Cleese impression. And I blacked <laughs> oh, out. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that, <laughs> is that not a good impression of John Cleese? But, yeah, it's it's like... It's, again, it's these co- these convoluted plots that I'm like, huh? So, Karen has been very explicit in her own motivation that mm-hmm. she... It's only seeking a t- further attention from Lyle on the off chance that it might upset Lorraine. Right. And so then... Which d- is actually a very straightforward character motivation, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's pretty fair for Karen. Um, especially considering that her original plan was to have sex with Lorraine until Lorraine died. Right, of Because course. Karen Walker is a very, very straight woman who right. is always straight and has never been not straight. Right. Um, but then happens upon Lyle and they make out and there's an instant sort of connection there. Mm-hmm. And so it's just sort of like a, she's shifting that plan to right. just be like, I'm going to hurt Lorraine by being with someone she loves instead of sexing her to death. So then Lorraine appears mm-hmm. to threaten Karen. Right. It's like the world's weirdest shovel talk. Right. Like... So, Lorraine is back in town because she's part of Taboo, the Boy George musical, well, okay. which was a huge blast from the past. 
Let's also discuss that. Was she part of Taboo or was she just the only person seeing it? Unclear. It kind of <laughs> seemed like she was in the chorus because I think she's a dancer. I think you're confusing the fact that she's a stripper in later seasons with her being a dancer. But she could be a stripper in Taboo. I don't know anything about Taboo, um, but she does make a really sad but great joke about how there's a rap party for Taboo every night, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly remember that having, like, a fixation on my brain. Because... I know nothing about it. It was clearly just because I was gay. Mm-hmm. But also I feel like there was, like, a factoid where, like, either that season or that show, Rosie O'Donnell invested in Broadway, like, a ton and just lost all her fucking money. So I'm pretty sure, like, Rosie O'Donnell, like, brought Taboo to the Broadway stage and lost everything on that disaster. (laughs) I want to read you an excerpt from the Wikipedia article about Taboo, just because I found it so amazing. So there's a whole long run-on sentence about the legendary club Taboo of the title, which was the creation of Lee Bowery. Boy George is featured as one of the club's regulars, but in reality, George rarely attended. What? What? That's such a mood. What? That is like... It's like he's trying to like retroactively rewrite his past. Be like, no, no, guys. I went to this really cool club. Yeah. Well, like, okay. Like retroactively rewriting what's happening. It's kind of like the theme of this episode. Mm -hmm. Because at the end, we have Lyle and Karen saying that they're in love with each other. Despite the fact that that's clearly not what's happening. Right. At all. There's clearly some sort of sexual component. And they maybe have a fondness for mm-hmm. each other but if nothing else they've met like three times like they're probably not in love and like clearly lyle isn't actually in love with karen if he's just like oh you just want to have sex with me okay i'm not interested anymore right like, i mean i know that they're just dragging this out and this could be a season-long plot line but it just doesn't make fucking sense right and so like karen's big reveal that like she was actually just doing it for revenge but then she realized that she loved him all along is right just- weird and bizarre and it doesn't really make sense and Minnie Driver does catch them in the act but she's not nearly as horrified as we were all kind of hoping right like Lorraine just is like oh no like it's weird because like a normal person would be like oh no my parents are having sex I'm gonna leave the room immediately but Lorraine is like eh I'm not that impressed right and then like she's like I want you to stop seeing her immediately and then She's like, Lyle, don't stop seeing me. And then he's like, well, Lorraine, it was a nice run knowing you. Like, he's just, like, (laughs) totally prepared to give up, like, a relationship with his daughter, which, again, I think should imply that he's a crappy person and should not. Well, it's not like they have a good relationship to begin with, because we saw that last time he was in town, where, like, he he didn't didn't know where she was. Yeah. He was like, all right, well, I'd love to know where she was, but I don't really care. Like, they clearly don't have a relationship. And the fact that he's choosing great, or... The fact that he's choosing Karen over Lorraine doesn't prove that he's in love with Karen. It proves that he doesn't care about Lorraine. Yeah, which we already Which knew. we already knew. This is not new information. No. I know. It's just like both of these characters were so great in previous appearances, but putting them together doesn't work at all. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's just the way that they wrote the plot or if it's the characters themselves, but it just something about having them in the same scene mm-hmm. kind of sucked the fun out of both characters and i mostly just felt like vaguely sad it kind of feels like they don't have chemistry yeah vaguely sad is also how i imagine everyone feels when they left that boy george musical (laughs) just because i don't know enough about it but it sort of seems like it was supposed to be about the life and times of boy george Mm -hmm. but it was also about a nightclub that he didn't really go to i kind of want to find a boot now because my suspicion is either one totally garbage in the best way possible very fun watch or two, perhaps surprisingly prescient about the future of media in our society. I don't know if we Probably can... Probably one. 
I don't know if we'd be able to find a boot now that it's been like 15 years. We could always just make friends with Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. If you're, if you're listening to this there. podcast, Please. if you truly exist, I'm not a figment of our collective imagination. <laughs> Even though you've been on this show, which we recap every week. Yes. Please reach out to us. Provide us with a boot to taboo, which you <laughs> may or may not have been involved in in the slightest. <laughs> oh. You know what my main memory of Rosie O'Donnell in the 90s is? Mm. She had a talk show and Elmo was often a guest. Oh, Elmo. Is that your Elmo impression? Maybe. Did you see that Elmo Game of Thrones thing? No. It's creepy. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's all the off-topic things I have to say yeah, about this. Yeah, I don't have anything episode. else. So, like, on through my list, we're all, we're all set. Uh-huh. Yep. All right. Tess, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us on the internet if they want to hear us talk about more off-topic subjects. All right. Great. So, our main internet location is our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Show. That's where you'll find updates about episodes. And also, when Will and Grace is live on the air, we live tweet there. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and Tumblr. And you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean, which we assume you know since you're listening on one of them. Thanks, everybody. Yay! Uh, we will be back next week with more Will and Grace. And until then, I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye! This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Eliza. Stay tuned for more Will and Grace. This week's episode was sponsored by the upcoming Broadway revival of Taboo. We don't know when it is, and we probably won't be allowed to see it, but we're excited.